This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is... You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and term supply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the... Let's get started. How I, I put a the in there. Um... Because I usually say "Welcome to the back of the nest" match report, but I didn't edit it properly, so it now says "How welcome to back of the nest." But I can't say "the back of the nest," can I? Because that's <sighs> hello and like welcome. My to mum the... says the giggle. Oh, you mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like your mum says the Google and the YouTube's, and I'm going to Google it on the YouTube's and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Fucking hell. If you could just time another interjection for exactly when I say the uh, intro again, that'd be yeah. great. Yeah, all right, we'll do it. Okay, get Love ready. It. Patrick's muted, so he doesn't do that, but you know, I actually want you to do it. I'm daring you to do it. Hello, and welcome to Back of the Net. Oh, I did it wrong. I did it wrong, because I forgot to say that. Oh, this is frustrating, isn't it? Fingers on lips, children. Fingers on lips. Back of the nest. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Alexa, play Back of the Nest podcast. Playing Back of the Nest. CPFC podcast. From Amazon Music. Back of the Nest. Now on your Alexa device and Amazon Music. Hello and welcome to the Back of the Nest Match Report. I'm Chris Hambling. I'm your host today as we look back at Palace's first game of the season, away to Sheffield United, and I am joined by Mike Scott and Patrick O'Connor. Hi, gents. Hello, Christopher. <laughs> hello, Christopher. Thank you. I'm very pleased we're going with the formal hello, Christopher. Um, yes, more of that, please. Uh, thanks for joining me, Patrick. A late substitute for for Cara, but just your third show in a row as well. So, um, yeah, we're just three. Yeah, just the three. Well, very happy to have you here, and obviously very happy to have you here as well, Mike. Despite your pre-show technical issues, um, but hopefully they don't pop up during the show, right? Uh, let's hope not. We are using a different platform for recording this year, so you might oh. find that we're less angry than we used to be. Hmm. We're not, yeah, less less angry outside of Crystal Palace than we used to be. Right, less angry at unconnected things to Crystal yeah. Palace. Yeah. Okay, no, that makes much, much more sense than, than what I initially thought that you meant. Anyway, we'll cover a bit of news this week before we get into the match review. Um, the under-18s uh, beat Southampton 5-0 in their first game of the season. Superb result. So David Obu uh, opened the scoring in the 40th minute. Um, really talented player, actually. Really very highly rated. Struggled with injuries over the last year or two, but you know, fit to start the season and a, and a promising player for sure. And uh, yeah, he opened the scoring in the 40th minute. Jesse Derry, know that surname, Derry. He's indeed son of Sean Derry, who's just left us to become the assistant manager at Wolves. Um, but his son Jesse scored uh, in first half injury time, following a good break from uh, from Zach Marsh uh, for us to go in at 2-0. Um, and then in the last 10 minutes of the game, um, the under-18s captain and England youth international Zach Marsh scored a hat-trick and actually had another goal disallowed. So he could have had four in 10 minutes. So sensational end to the game. And Patrick, I know you watched the game and, and just want to hear your thoughts. Yeah, I did. Um, Zach Marsh is a very talented young player. Um, one of the younger players on the team. He played 18s last year. I think it was actually uh, player of the year in the 18s. And now they've made him captain. Uh, 
very good. It was a great performance altogether. I know there's a there's at least eight or nine new scholars. The goalkeeper's brand new from last year. I think it's Billy Eastwood. I think it's part of that whole yeah. Palace um that Academy um show they had on. He was one of the kids they talked about. Yeah, and yeah. like you, Hambo, David Obu and Hindolo Mustafa are very good players. There are they they remind me a lot of Wilf. They're actually quite tall, quite quite big for their age. But I think both of those players have a great chance in the future, of course, to be part of our future. But just overall, the 18 look very good. Again, it's a nice mixture of about eight or nine from last year, uh, like uh, the center, like uh, Grant and um, um, uh, what's it, Jemai, the, the center halves from last year. Uh, but just overall, I like I like the mixture. Last year, the biggest problem I thought was defending, and to score five goals today, not to see the goal against Southampton were very very good. It's a great start to the season, so good luck to them rest of the year. Indeed, I think, sorry, Mike, Southampton, to give it context, were champions, not last year, I think year, year before, year wasn't before. It? at, at yeah, the 18s were, level. Yeah. So they're not a bad team. So great, yeah, great job to spank them 5 now. Two, uh, two questions, Patrick. Firstly, how did it rate compared to Danny Butterfield's hat-trick uh, in roughly <laughs> the same amount of time? And um, has Sean Derry missed a trick by not naming his son Jerry or Terry or... <laughs> so uh second question first he's definitely missed a trick jesse may well just be jerry 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 is perfect um so i don't get why he didn't do that um i mean you'd want to go with, sorry you'd want to go with both both those names wouldn't you you got a middle name you can use jerry terry derry yeah. even better imagine they call him jt for short if you didn't like jerry yeah. terry jt derry um, hat trick comparisons. Well, one of his goals was a hat trick. I mean, with a penalty. Sorry, so I'm not sure we can really compare that brilliant but- Butterfield hat trick to Zach Marsh's today. But great comparison. I'm liking where you brought it up because anytime you get to mention Butterfield's hat trick on the show is a good show. So. Gotta say, Butterfield have had a hell of a lot of goals this uh, in in this game. We're just about to review, wouldn't he? Oh, Lethal okay. finisher like that. Probably would yeah. probably would have scored double <laughs> figures. I reckon. Still, we can uh, we can only be wistful about the days of, of Danny Butterfield up front. Um, not too much more to talk about in terms the of days, the, the, the day. <laughs> the day. Uh, no, no, we played him up front the next week and like one yeah. quick backtrack to moved him, moved him to right back afterwards. Yeah. Sorry about that. No, it didn't work the second time. Um, so yeah, the twenty ones are not playing till Monday. Um, so they've got Man United. Uh, that's a home game kicking off at one pm. That's also available to watch on the Palace uh, TV Plus. Um, and the women's team don't start the season until August the 27th. And they've got Reading in their first game. But tickets are on sale now for that. Uh, last thing I wanted to talk to you guys about was, of course, the news that James MacArthur has retired. Patrick, I'm sure you've probably reacted to this already. But, um, but you know, we haven't reacted to it on the podcast because technically this is the first match report of the season. So, um, you know, uh, from for my part, I was actually surprised. I thought he'd try a, you know, there's all sorts of talk of a swan song uh, playing for a season at Rangers, who he's a a massive supporter of. Uh, And he'd even mentioned it, I think, the year before going to Scotland and uh, seeing like the last season of his career playing there. But maybe the injury took took its toll or whatever. But just a superb player for Palace. And, you know, he he was hugely rated when he broke through at Hamilton. and, And, but just, it's weird thinking he spent his career at just three clubs. You know Hamilton to Wigan to Palace and and that was it and uh, an incredible career though and and for us uh, a hugely underrated player and you know one of those at times for me popped up on the kind of you know can we is it is it time to replace him and then he always seemed to find that that little bit extra and yeah it was a real shame that he was injured for the majority of his last season but you know one of the one of the sort of true Palace heroes yeah for me um, it's a real shame he didn't get to go out playing that final season because I think he's such an influential player. You know, Goss, you know, was part of that cup final team, part of that very famous McJedley midfield, Maka, Jedi and uh, Ledley, which was phenomenal for us and, and very much needed. And uh, I always remember uh, Hambo, um, the uh, lockdown, when he would, you'd hear his yelling from the stands. He was, you know, he was help, helping coach the players because <laughs> there was no one else there, which is great. But I'm going to miss him. I love James MacArthur personally. And also, one other thing, I actually thought he was a big, big influence on uh, on Gallagher when Gallagher was came to power. The first couple of games, he wasn't very good. And after that, Gall- uh, you could tell that Macca kind of helped him out. 
I remember Gallagher had an interview said he, that, you know, McCarthy helped him a lot. And I think they helped him into, into, into the team when he was here last season. So, no, McCarthy was a big influence and I'm, I'm going to miss him. Great player. Yeah, it's not much to add, really, is there? Um, incredible servant for the club. It's, just, it's a bit of a shame that it petered out the way it did. But, um, you know, it, it was kind of a lingering death for him, wasn't it, really? Um, but it, it didn't... It didn't really, uh, it didn't really detract. You know, I don't, no. I don't think it detracted at all from what he achieved. Um, I think the, the one thing when I was reading up on it that he might have been, you know, a, a little bit sad by was um, we we nicked him from Leicester. The what was it? The season before they won the league. So, um, <laughs> oh you know, yeah, so, um, yeah, yeah. So he he could have been a, a Premier League winner, but. Uh, you'd, you'd rather be uh, you'd rather be an FA Cup runner-up with Palace, wouldn't you? Really? Yeah, too right. And and look, you know that whole you know butterfly flapping its wings thing. Maybe if he joined Leicester, they don't win the league. Oh, that sounds like a horrible thing to say about James MacArthur, but you know, who knows what would have would have been different? Yeah, it, and, um, it, it could have been in place place of Jeffrey Schlupp in the side, and then they yeah. wouldn't they wouldn't have won. Anything. No, that's exactly right. Yeah, and. Um, yeah, I, I, honestly, Mike, and I don't know why you thought that um, describing it as a lingering death would in any, any way sort of detract from his, his legacy. Of course not. I mean, you know. <laughs> no, it, it just, I just felt really bad for him to, yeah. you know, last season. Yeah. No, but honestly, better player than he, than he really got credit for. I have to say, sometimes, you know, th- there's just these little moments where, you know, it, it just show a bit of skill that you kind of forgot that he had. He was a really good footballer and, and most importantly, he had a bit of everything you know he had the fight he had the passing ability he could score goals he could tackle it's just he had all of those things and um you know uh, you do miss players yeah. like that and a, bit, a better footballer than people outside of palace thought but i don't i don't think he was a better footballer than palace fans thought he was i, I think we saw every bit of what the grit and determination and skill that he has and i i i, I think even the most jaded sort of Block D, Homesdale, you know, they, 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 it's not, I'm, I'm not picking on that particular block. I'm just, it feels, um, feels like you, know, you are. But. It, it feels like, yeah, that's not, that's not what I meant. You know, even the most jaded fan, I don't think ever really had a bad word to say about him, did they really? No. Um, it was outside right. the club, he was underrated. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, we'll always have the Watford game. Um Yes. Which I know a lot of people um, will cause some quite serious injuries celebrating the the late winner there. Um, if, you, if you remember that, well, as at Selhurst, wasn't it? So anyway, uh, I think I'm now now my memory's uh, um, playing tricks on me, but it was definitely a Watford game. Um, anyway, so let's um, let's crack on and talk about the match itself. Obviously, Palace winning the game one nil. Always good to start first game of the season with a win. You know, we we played a team that have had an interesting time, shall we say, in um, in terms of how the season, sorry, pre-season has gone for them, um, lost some pretty good players. Um, you know, it's only very recent moves in the transfer market that have given them, you know, anything like a squad to kind of use, and uh, and, a, and a manager who's talking very clearly, like our own, about the fact that more bodies are needed to really give them a proper chance to to play their best football. So, you know, we had a bit of a, I wouldn't call it a dead rubber or anything like that, or or a, or a you know, a game that we. Um, that we should have expected to win, but I guess it's as close as you get in the Premier League to a game you, you should be should be winning. Um, but we went out and we won it, and you've got to give credit to Palace. Didn't concede a goal, created an awful lot of chances, um, and ultimately it was Edward um, getting the getting the winner from a Jordan Ayew cross. Which you know we'll talk about that in a little bit more detail as we go. But um, I think as always, guys, we have to really sort of start with a bit of chat about the lineup we went with and, and kind of what we feel around that. But also, you know, we've got to talk about the reasons for something of a, a lacklustre first half, which it, which it really was. It took a while to get going, uh, but lots of reasons for that. So first up, you know, the, the something to talk about on the match report for the first time is the situation with the goalkeepers. Johnston, understandably number one, now literally number one, has changed his shirt number. Um, but of course, there's no sign of... Vicente Guaita at all. So Hodgson talking to the press saying, of course, that Guaita has refused to play um, for the club in the pre-season games and wants to leave Crystal Palace. Um, and Guaita, in fact, tweeted the official account today once the um, 
once the lineups were were released and said, oh, my name's not on there, so how can I play for Crystal Palace? Um, I've seen some stuff written. Um, our friends over at FYP wrote that uh, Guaita's agent is the one in charge of that uh, Twitter account. I assume that they, they are aware of that and they know. Um, but that the agent doesn't do anything other than what Guaita asked him to do. So he's clearly very upset and very disillusioned with what's going on at the club and, and there's a little that's a little bit of a fight back isn't it Patrick in terms of you know Hodgson's come out and said he, d- he doesn't want to play so Hakuita's now saying to the official Twitter account I you know I can't play if you don't pick me so what are your thoughts on how this has degenerated it's a very strange situation I don't understand it because he can he comes off or came off as a very likable loves palace just over all all along nice person and then the whole I'm not going to play, I refuse to play, it seems a bit out of character. And then mm-hmm. I didn't see the tweet. I told you I'm not on Twitter, but I did hear about it. And that's a very strange thing to put out. <laughs> it's very funny to me, actually, to put that <laughs> out. <laughs> but it's very strange that you do that. Now you tell me might have been an agent that did it. But you're right. He should tell the agent what to tweet and what not to tweet. Having said that, the situation just is not going to end well. It just can't because clearly in his mind he should be playing whether that should be starting or not and he's not playing not getting picked whatever you can't really refuse not to play that's ridiculous i don't i'm not i'm not for striking but i feel there's more to the story the tweet again is to me is humorous at the very least but it's not gonna end well for us and then obviously we're looking for a new goalkeeper at some point but it's a shame because like i said i've never had a bad thing to think even say or think about guayate he's been he's been that good as a as, you know how i'm about palace goalkeepers so <laughs> i don't think it's say badly about the guy and i'm i'm just this is not ending well i don't i don't really like it but that's how it what are you gonna do it's a strange one it really is like as you say patrick oh my my camera and light have fallen down while speaking um uh that that's good that's good so we'll uh We'll kind of, uh, I'll kind of adjust that as I go. But for the time being, um, I'm just going to leave that there and uh, and talk. <laughs> so anyway, it's an odd one because Guaita himself is. You would not certainly you wouldn't expect um, him to to sort of behave in this way. But you know, to me, there's a kind of logic to follow. The logic is that if if it just uh, if he wants to go home, if he wants to go and play for Valencia, if he wants to go and play for the club in Spain, fine. If he um, if he's upset because he lost his place to to Sam Johnston, also fine. You can be upset about those kinds of things, right? And right. especially given that he's thirty six, I think now. Um, you know, the last few years of a goalkeeper's kind of you know career sort of tend to be around this age. Um, so he doesn't want to be missing a a single game really does it you know you can understand all of those things but then you throw into the equation signed a new contract you know on good money and then you kind of throw into the equation that it's not like he's been out of the team for a couple of years and he's only playing a game here and there you know it's, it's a matter of a few months so for him to 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 switch so dramatically i can only assume that there's serious interest from elsewhere that Palace aren't entertaining and he feels that Palace should. Uh, otherwise, it's well, just a would, he, would, he, he would have been in the subs, right? He would, he, he would have been the substitute yeah. goalkeeper, surely. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And I, I know um, Andros Townsend's been everywhere the last week, probably since he realised he couldn't get a contract at Burnley. He's decided probably now's the time to get his, uh, his media career going. They asked him on TalkSport um, what he thought of the situation. They said, well, you, you've played with him, haven't you? And he said, yeah, I, I just, not, none of this makes sense. There's got to be more to this. He's not the kind of guy that would do that. So um can only assume that there's some kind of argument, whether it's him, whether it's, like you say, his agent. Um, but he would have absolutely been on the bench today. So... There's yeah, we can only assume that he's he's going to be going pretty soon. Yeah, Mike, that was my take too. I mean, it just to me, it just doesn't doesn't make sense. I mean, I talked about this on the preview pod. I mean, I I don't again, I don't advocate you going on strike or not refusing to play, but there must be more to the story. It can't be. I mean, so again, because last year he was going to be leaving and we signed a new contract. Why would you either as a club decide to sign another contract or as a player sign it and then? The following season, you're now the number two, and then you decide that either you don't want to play or we're not going to play you. 
at least having fight for this shirt because you know Johnson could like most players can fall out of form and then you're right back in. That's exactly how well White lost it because of the injury last year, but Johnson could get injured. Johnson was injured last year because I remember um uh well, 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 Whitworth played two games last year. Uh, Brighton and also we had no other first team goal that was fit. So it just it just doesn't make any sense. It just to me either like you said he wants to force a move and we're not going to sell him, or he signed the contract and then. Didn't realize he signed the new. I don't. It just is very strange to me. Very strange. I'm sure he realized he signed the new contract when he got the higher wages that it gave him. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, like it's probably really yeah. odd, isn't Good it? Point. It's a really odd situation. Look, I think bottom line, he wants to leave. He probably wants to go, you know, and play the last couple of years of his career back home, potentially back. He's been linked with Valencia, so um, you know, which is where he's spent spent a lot of his time. So it makes perfect sense if he if he wants to go home but there's ways of going about it and going on strike and and basically treating the club with disrespect ends up treating you treat the fans with disrespect which means the kind of legacy that he leaves behind will be completely tarnished and we probably won't talk about him you know give give it a year after he's gone people won't mention him you know and that's a shame because he should be thought of as a as one of the best keepers we've had just putting it out there Alex Kalinko is only 48 Let's, uh, <laughs> let's not rule anything out, people. Play, we, can, yes. uh, we can the dream. Uh, we will dream of a, a team of Alex Kalinko's, of course. Um, anyway, uh, so look, I, I mean, I picked out the keepers. I wanted to talk about that because it's our first opportunity to do so. Um, but in terms of the lineup, it's basically what we expected. You know, pre-season, it was made pretty clear that the last couple of pre-season matches, we would see the lineup that you would look to expect. Um, you know, Mitchell got back from injury, so he was always going to play at left back, um, given that he was fit. And we were always going to have that mid- that midfield anchoring partnership of Dakure and Lerma, which I really like the look of. That's a really strong centre too in the middle there. That's going to make us pretty hard to beat. So huge amount of respect for whoever looked at Lerma and thought, you know, that's the player we need. Doesn't matter that Anderson's broken his nose; they'll get over that. Um, we can, uh, we can, you know, him and Decure together, so such a complementary partnership in the middle there, and that frees obviously Eze and, and technically speaking, should free Jeffrey Schlup um, as well to to get more involved in in other areas of the pitch. So really, you know, in terms of the lineup, what I expected, um, it seems that Roy is not a fan of Mateta, and that Edward's always going to start ahead of him um and you have to say um i'm not the only one saying it I, i've seen other people mention it on various forms but honestly right now jordan Ayew is our best forward player so you 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 know he's in the team and he's got every right to be there because he's the most dangerous forward player we have uh if you're not counting an unform as a um as a as a forward you know which which i'm not um so you know that to me is a is a lineup that pretty much picked itself. I look at the substitutes, and whilst I would love to see you know Hamada, um, you know feature more, thought he thought he looked good pre-season, um, and what I'd like to see Richards get more of an opportunity somewhere in defence, maybe playing right back um, for a few games and see what he can do there. I'm not really going to argue too much with the lineup. So, any, any other views? Just uh, obviously, we got the news about. Um, Joel Ward being captain and I know we can argue about that and I don't think any of us probably think that's the right choice uh, I presume we're all thinking Mark Gay is the right choice but it, it, ignoring that what does that what does this mean for Nathaniel Klein it basically means he's not going to get in the side doesn't it it's a good point I mean it just depends on where, how much um, you know club captain is one thing and captain is another to some degree these days. Right. Um, so I suppose when I saw that Ward was made club captain, I kind of reconciled in my head that the word club preceding captain doesn't necessarily mean that Ward's going to play every week. However, if you're asking me what I think, what I think is that the Joel Ward is a Roy Hodgson type player. Joel Ward is a Roy Hodgson type player uh, over the likes of Klein. Klein will probably be second choice right back. Um, and why Mark Gay isn't captain, um, we can only speculate, you know, whether it's because obviously he's been linked with moves elsewhere, whether that's a factor, whether it's because Roy thinks at his age, maybe being a club captain isn't quite the right move. Um, 
but it's it's been also been a lot of change, isn't there? You know, Ward has been a consistent player for Crystal Palace and a, and a personality behind the scenes for a very long time. So um, I guess that's the thinking. But you're quite right. I, I wouldn't pick it myself. <laughs> There's me expecting Patrick to say something. He just with, so with this season we get to see people. We get to we get to look at each other, which we we haven't done in the past. And yeah. Patrick's face said it all, as though I'm not going to get into this. We've got a limited amount of time. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough, Patrick. Um, but yeah, we let's just let's just assume we've said it all, right? But lineup wise, I think what it also says, and we will talk a little bit about the sub situation, but I think it also says pretty much, you know, that we are we are down to um, even, especially with a couple of injuries we have, we we got a we got a small squad. And we, you know, we don't have a huge amount of strength in depth. Um, we don't have none, you know, but we don't have a huge amount of strength in depth. We have players who probably should be moving on to get the best out of their careers. I'm talking about the likes of Mateta should probably move move on. Uh, I hate to say it, but Jairo Riedeveld should be should have moved on by now. You know, I'm talking about those sorts of players um, realistically. Uh, just but, just yeah. on that. I, I woke up really early this morning and I've mm. totally forgotten the name of the player that we bought from West Brom that's been injured the entire time he's been with us. <laughs> is, he, is he still with us? He is. He's injured. He is. He's got he's a squad general. number, has he? Yeah. Okay. Squad number, I think the same number he had, he's had in the past is definitely for the team. I mean, yeah. the last I heard he was recovering from the injury from last year. Same, the same to a new a one-year contract. He had accepted that one-year contract, and but you know, it's funny you mentioned him, Mike, because I haven't heard a word about him in any in any fashion, oh. injured, not injured, or Malcolm Abue. And Malcolm Abue has disappeared. Anybody have any idea what's going on with him? Oh. He's definitely not injured. Yeah. He didn't go out on yeah. loan, and he's not with the twenty-one. I don't know what happened to that poor kid. He just disappeared. I was today but. years old when I remembered we owed Michael Abue. <laughs> 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 So going back to your point, um, though, about, about the team, I think the team that he picked today is clearly our current best 11. There's really no right. arguing about that as far as, um, you know, who started today. I understand why he picked. I understand how he even used, this, used the, um, the 11. So, again, I think we have a very good spine. I think Gahey, Anderson, and Johnston are excellent in the middle of the back. And I think that Lerma and DeCorey are, are just so good together. I mean, I can go into detail later on, but just the way they complement each other, uh, Lerma's ability to to track down runners from from deep, his ability to drive the ball forward, to head the ball, his flicks and tricks are um, amazing. His passing, which was really bad in the last two or three games in the preseason, was very good today. It was eight, about eighty percent, right up there with Decore. Um, the only issue we're going to have, which has to be addressed, and hopefully it will be, is the is the other wide players. Now, I agree with you, Hambo. Um, about Jordan Ayew. Um, he does a job for us and he's a good on that side. But we, you know, if at least they were fit and we're going to be staying, he'd be, a, he'd be on that other side. But it's the left side I'm more, more worried about because as much as I don't have a major issue with Jeffrey Schlupp, he was non-existent in the first half and in the second half he played a little bit better. But we need more out of him. He can't be that non-existent for an entire game because, again, Ayew had a great assist for the for the Edward goal. But we need, I mean, we're talking about having in the past Wilfred Zaha and Michael Lise. Now we have Jeffrey Schlupp and Jordan Ayew. And I'm not comparing. Yeah. I'm just saying that it's just a different dynamic. And I, and, but again, credit to Roy. Roy today got something out of them today because we had like 68 possession. We doubled, we tri- almost tripled their passes. We were, we had 20 something shots. I think it was today, 21 shots, 14 on target. It was ridiculous to dominant. But again, Schlupp and I aren't that great. But going forward, something has to be done with our white pair because I don't think go the entire season. With Schlupp on the left and Ayu on the right, but as a as a performance today and as a lineup, I thought was very effective and very good today. Yeah, you picked out some good things there. You know, from the first half that, that are just so true. I mean, other other than Lummer impressing, you know, and the defense being pretty decent in the first half, you know, the kind of statistical dominance that you can point to in this game, it wasn't present in a real sense in the first half. You know. Um, I suppose probably again the statistics they might tell a slightly different story. But well, I was reality, about to say, sorry to interrupt. There was fourteen yeah. shots in the first half and only yeah. twenty four in the game. So, um, it, yeah, uh, no, I, but, you, I yeah. agree. But stats don't necessarily back that up. Yeah, 
Yeah, exactly. Exactly. The stone, the stats tell one story, but I think most people watching the game would say the first half felt slow. It felt hard to watch yeah. at times. If we're yeah, honest, it did. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and but, you know, I think probably the opening ten fifteen minutes didn't do us any favors because you know Sheffield United, for all their issues, for all their, their you know real, relative low quality. That's their first game in the Premier League, back in the Premier League. They they gave it everything that they had, right? And we had to be strong. We had to be resolute. And again, credit to the players, credit to the manager for setting us up in a way that we could deal with that. Because, you know, that intensity, that they can catch teams out. It has year after year in the Premier League. Those opening fixtures against the promoted teams are really difficult because they just have momentum and they have you know, just that fire in the belly. The difference this year with Sheffield United is they lost most of their good players and they didn't. So there's a, there is a exactly. difference in the, in the, in the danger that we we're talking about here, but it was still dangerous, you know, and, and we weathered the storm for 10 minutes or so. And then we really started to get a foothold in the game, but we were so reserved about in the, in the way that we did it. Um, and there were players who just thought, God, if you just, if you just ran once, just once, it would make such a big difference, Jeff. If you just ran once, Jeff, in this first half, instead of just slowly jogging around. And I, you know, I, 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 I'm picking on Jeff, and I'm doing it knowing and knowingly in the sense that he stepped it up second half was a, and was much, much better, very influential and very unlucky not to score. I just want to see it for 90 minutes. Uh, and if he's not capable of doing it, which let's let's face it, first half he did not look physically capable of doing it, let alone um, you know ability wise. Um, and I and I hope that changes throughout the course of this season. But yeah, like that first half could have been a lot better. Um, but I mean, it was second half, wasn't it? Let's face it. Um, so let's. What was the difference? I'm I'm going to chuck it out there. What was the difference in the second half? I mean, firstly, Sheffield United played. I don't think they played to their strengths. I don't, they right until the point where we sat back for the last five ten minutes. That hopefully for their for their benefit for the rest of the season, that's not the way that they play because uh, they were they were allowing a single ball. I mean that that Lerma header that basically just split the entire defence open. You know, they were playing about 10 yards too far up. And obviously, we've got the players to to destroy them. It, it, if it wasn't for Fodringham, like, they, I mean, that that ball that he, he grabbed off the line. Um, I mean, the the one thing I'll be talking about is why we only scored one, really, um, which is which is great. But, um, you know, they, they, they left us. It, a, a team that's hard to break down, we're going to really struggle with. I think if some if a team sits back, we're going to really struggle. They did not do that remotely, um, and and so it really it really played into our hands. Whereas at the beginning, I think we were just a little bit too cautious and didn't really play on the break in the way that we did in the second half. Um, but you know they were caught over and over again with just balls over the top. Which you know when you've got Anderson in your team, that's not what you want want to be allowing the opposition to do. You can see you can see that um their fans just get more and more disillusioned as the game went on. Um I, I'm sure they'll learn from it, but that was that was absolutely the perfect team to play in the first game. I want to add a couple of things as far as uh what changed. Well one thing that changed was we had that disallowed goal by IU in the first half that could have changed things and disallowed because he was offside. But then four minutes into the second half, Aya makes that great cross and Edward scores. I think getting that early goal changed, changed the game because at that point, as Mike said, you, you had a much more aggressive Sheffield United team that came at us and didn't sit back, obviously, because they needed to get the equaliser. And I know that a slight tweak by um, Hodgson, it wasn't for a long time, maybe 10 minutes, as they came, went outside wide and Schlupp came inside. And as mm. quiet as Schlupp had been in the first half, he get into the game more because he was playing now as a part of a three with with Lerma and Decore, and then as they basically had the freedom of the park anyway today, because we I like the fact he has a free role. Then that gave him a little more space to create some chances. I think he had like seven create chances today, most of anybody on the pitch. But then there was a couple of things that might have, that helped. But it, Mike makes a great point: the fact that they didn't sit back and they tried to play with us helped us a lot. And they're very you just made you talked before because they're a very young team. They have like five new signings. All the signings are like twenty one and younger. 
They brought on a couple of youth players late in the match. They're just a young team. I actually feel bad. Well, I shouldn't say that because I don't even know Paul Heckenbottom. So, um, but they are really, they're going to struggle, not only because they didn't really buy any players. In fact, they got rid of their two best players and, you know, they barely, I mean, they didn't barely, they, they got up, they promoted pretty easily, but it's going to be a very tough for them to survive in this division because they're just not, they don't have a lot of quality. And Fudgingham, by the way, I remember him as a Palace youth or reserve goal. I didn't know he was, he was so good. And he was, his issue was he was always short, right? That was his issue, he was too small. I don't, he, I, he don't, yeah. <laughs> I don't remember, like, I'm just yeah. trying to remember, like, because we, we brought him in and um, he was decent. Like he was, he was a decent keeper, but we had him on uh, one of the versions of this show uh, when we were Homesdale Radio. Really? Oh, okay. yeah. He joined us, uh, and we're so gutted because, like, we had a we we did a feature with him, and it was called "Where's Fodderingham," um, and we did we did a very bad theme tune, which we might dig out for it. But um, but basically, he joined us, and he just gave a series of clues as to where he might be located, <laughs> and you had to guess oh, where that's he was. Hilarious, um, <laughs> because you know. Because we're because we're funny. Why um, why have we lost stuff like that? We need that back. <laughs> Do you know what? I tell you why we we've stopped doing stuff like that because it became a real burden. <laughs> to, to do something every week. Right, um, we're 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 going to be trying to inject some form of, uh, of of levity into the show this year like that. But where's where's Frodringham was great, and unfortunately, after one episode, we had to cancel it because he. Uh, <laughs> He messaged us to say, oh, actually, I'm leaving Palace. Sorry. Um, I think he was really keen to carry on doing Where's Fodringham. I really do. Probably because of the theme tune. Uh, Mikey, can we we dig that out, please? If you can can get that out. Um, If we could stick it in right now. He's here. He's there. He's everywhere. Where's Fodringham? Fodringham. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about Wix. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. But um, anyway, yeah, so, uh, but yeah, great keeper. Did really, really well. Um, and we would have scored probably more goals if it wasn't for him because he, he was super yeah, definitely for Sheffield United today. Um, yeah, look, um, Look, and other things I want to pick out really in terms of, of the second half was I just felt we were a little bit quicker. Um, you're right, Patrick. Maybe the goal did play a big part in that. Just relaxed the players a little bit and uh, and got them playing their natural game a little bit more. Uh, great spot for the tweak uh, tweak in formation, which I didn't really notice. I noticed Schlupp getting on the ball more. I didn't realise there'd been that little swap with Eze. So that's that's really good to see. Uh, and, you know, absolutely, those little things really do matter and they can be the difference. But we do have to talk about uh, Roy's touchline antics. Um, because Yes, yes, in, absolutely. I'm saying now, and I'm going to hand over to you, but any, outside of the sport of football, if a 26-year-old man goes in a bit, goes in a bit rough on a 76-year-old man, there's... The authorities are involved, and there's some serious consequences. But, um, but uh, yeah, Roy's reaction to being given a bit of a shove was fantastic. <laughs> um, um, it made me glad that I was at home watching it because, you know, in the ground. Sorry, let me just crack a cap. Uh, Holston Pills, people. Still hoping for the Holston Pills uh, 
endorsement. Oh, sure. um, yeah. Well, wait, can we? Uh, I'm going to say something, but can we just pour? Wait, you're hoping for a Holston Pills endorsement, right? So, I'm just going to watch you pour perfectly pour. for the Holston Pills. That that looks delicious, Mike. I mean, what that kind of feeling? Look terrible. What kind of feeling will it um, will it give you to to sup the sweet taste of that Holston Pills? Well. Like it, like in the nineties when they did the advert. This is sugar free as mm. well. So, um, so not a know. sweet taste, but it is kind of they, they. You don't miss the sugar, do you? That's the thing. No, not at all. No, it's it's, uh, it's perfection. Yeah. Um, a little bit more expensive in the last year or so, but you know it's worth it. Um, yeah, the, the the Roy thing. It was beautiful being at home. So um, for those that were in the ground and missed it, or those that that couldn't get a uh, totally legal stream. Um, so the, the ball, the ball just sort of harmlessly bobbled. I, uh, tell me if I'm not doing this justice. Kind of <laughs> harmlessly bobbled into uh, the Palace technical area, and um, Sheffield United player went off to grab it. Sort of what I'm not sure was entirely looking. I'm, I might be being too kind to him, but then sort of jolted um, Roy, maybe sort of b- below the waist, um, which is gonna, probably going to have quite an impact on a, a 76 year old man. <laughs> Um, and then I, I had to quickly grab my phone, <laughs> take take a photo of the replay, and then put it straight onto Twitter. Um, oh dear. You know, it, it, it just to, just to see him like basically being the um, oh, what's the name of that guy, the Wilsden Raider, um, just basically <laughs> reenacting that. It was absolutely beautiful. Um, total total overreaction. Absolutely loved it. Um, and then obviously the player got a bit shirty and. Um, before you know it, there was uh, yeah, a, a nearly oxygenarian angry man uh, pushing around the 20, 25 round. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. Loved it. Loved it. I think that's done it. Some fantastic jobs. Yeah, it was a huge overreaction from Roy, and he is a he is spiky if you push him. You know, we've all we've all seen the video, haven't we? You know, don't take the I won't don't use the word the right. I won't use it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, it's fantastic. Look, you know, honestly, you know, we're taking the piss a little bit, but to be near it very nearly matter of a few weeks i think gig what a mike uh mike and that's uh just the holston advert there. right um yeah but to be to be very nearly 76 years old and to still care that much and he made some yeah. comments after the game about uh coaching from the touchline and he said you know if you don't want to coach from the touchline what's the point you may as well be in the boardroom with a cup of tea and wow. i really like that as well you know that's, that's good, that good shows stuff, you yeah. it tells you a lot about about the man and the character he is, but um, that he's still got that fire. So, um, yeah, love to see much, much more of that, Roy. To be honest with you, that'll uh, that'll see us through this season, I'm sure. What did he say in the post match? I I haven't heard much of it. <laughs> I've, I've had to I've had to read it, yeah. uh, unfortunately. But um, but you know, he was very complimentary of of Jefferson Lerma. I know he, I think he used the word outstanding about four times. Um, he, he you know genuinely. Um, seems delighted with with the player. Um, so I don't know how much of um, an impact he had on that signing, or how much input he had into that. I, signing. I was going to say, it, was was that a Roy signing? It, it seemed a little bit early for maybe him to have been involved, but um, yeah, yeah, I, I, exactly that. I think I think it's the recruitment team doing their job well and giving Roy a player that that really did you know, match the requirements that he has. And we start to, you know, we talked at the start of the show about um, obviously James MacArthur. Um, and you look at the attributes that Lerma has and it's not too dissimilar perhaps, you know, dare I say. Um, it, it, I just add to that. It's so great to see a signer player that has visibly caused Palace problems when we've played him in the yeah. past. And that's, that's a rarity. Mm. Um, yeah. I, know. I, I was, Yeah. That's a great point. Now, I actually have the quotes. He said, he was outstanding, outstanding, Hodgson said. He is an outstanding player, really good. He was everywhere, all over the field. Defensively, he was excellent. And he also had a really good game going forward. He must have been really happy with his debut and his day's work. We were impressed with him in two matches in the United States as well. But this is his first game, real game for Crystal Palace in the Premier League. And he came out of it with flying colours. So he was very impressed with Lerman today. So yeah, he's a big fan there, and also he mentioned um, Edward as well, um, and, and said he thought that he that the yeah I'm, I'm pulling quotes as well. His performance throughout with the game was really good in every respect. Held the ball up well, was a target for us when he wanted to play the ball forward. 
uh, had a very good game. Now he scored a goal and he may say two goals if he wants to contest the offside. He can't. He was way offside. Um, <laughs> it was a good move, <laughs> I thought, and a good finish. I was disappointed to see it being chalked off. But um, I've got to say, you know, I, I suppose that's probably a really good point for us to kind of start to draw to a close in terms of um, our, our, our chat on the review. But did, did you, were you similarly impressed with Edward Patrick? I want to point out two things. 100%. One, the goal is a poacher's goal. I mean, it's the kind of goal he's got at Celtic all the time, you know, crossing the six-yard box scoring. It's a goal that, you know, we talk about really good striker score. And you mentioned before, Chris, and I guess Hodgson saw it, the hold-up play. That's been a big mm-hmm. issue for most Palace fans with him and Mateta that compared to someone like Benteke, who was outstanding at holding the ball up, our other strikers since have been very poor. So I think today I noticed a much better work rate out of um Edward, much better hold up play. And I I said it during our pregame. I when I was actually pre sorry, pre-season, I actually was at the game in Chicago. I think his link up play with Eze is, is exceptional. And I think if that continues, we've got he's got a much bit better chance of getting into double figures this season. I think he hold up hold up play, link up play today was very, very good. It's what I expected out of him when he first came here. And if Roy is the right manager to get it out of him, you know, good for him because he's got the potential to be a 15 goal goal scorer i think in the in in the premier league i don't know why he hasn't done it yet but maybe this is the year the the juxtaposition of the fact that like you talked about the spine earlier patrick being in the middle and then the fact that actually we played right on the flanks and got a load of crosses in and then a load of corners that came off blocks crosses yeah that's perfect for edwards that's absolutely perfect if we're if we're going to play like that all season he is going to score plenty of goals because that's exactly what he needs. And I, I wasn't expecting that. I was genuinely expecting, like in pre-season, us kind of walking the ball in through Ezra. And if if we're actually going to go quite fast down the flanks, then that's perfect for him. Hold up play and just, you know, like the goal, basically. Um, I, I, yeah, I bet, he's, I bet he's dead excited after that. Yeah, I noticed that he had seven shots on goal. And for a forward for Palace, I can't remember the last before they had seven shots on goal in the same match. I mean, I think you said we had 24, right, Mike? I think it was 24 in total. That's the third, almost a third of the yep. shots were by the same player. That's a lot for a striker. And like Roy said, he could easily have had two, maybe three goals today. I mean, one was chalked off. He was offside, clearly. But he was in the right position all game today. He was in the right position a lot today. He's really, really impressive today from Edward. I got to I gotta say it, you know, so. Um, I think well, one thing is worth pointing out, right, which... I, I feel, I don't, hopefully people don't take offences, I feel like as, as Palace fans sometimes we we kind of lose our, our patience, if you like, with strikers who just do the striker stuff. <laughs> yes. You know, if you give Edward his, if you just say, Edward, go play as a striker, which means be the furthest up the pitch, you know, be in and around that six-yard box, box and, you know, peel off into the channels. But I don't want you defending from the front. I don't want you picking the ball up on the halfway line. You know, just be a striker. And I feel like we've had players like that. Um, I'll go back to the to the kind of both over and underrated Dwight Gale as an example, right? We never really played to his strengths. We brought a player in who was a fantastic finisher and then we tried to get him to play with his back to goal. And, you know, that, that was dumb. And I, I personally trace it back to having AJ, who was just too good. Like we were, we were absolutely spoiled because he could run at full speed for well over ninety minutes without stopping. Yeah. And you just like we kind of had this expectation that every striker should be that. You know, we wanted when he went, we wanted a replacement for him, and we never got one. And similar when Wright left, wasn't it? When we wanted a replacement for Ian Wright, and no one was going to be that replacement. And I feel like we've just had that going on forever. Like in terms Wait. of the forward that we need. We got Gabbiadini. Mm. We talking about? He was perfect. <laughs> yeah, I love that story. Um, <laughs> but but um, it, listen, he had a wonderful career at Darlington later on. So um, he did you know. Darlington of all places. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, and I just feel like yeah, we have to sometimes. If if you look at Edward, Edward at Celtic was not was not you know. Dominating the final third, he was a finisher more than anything. He played left left side sometimes uh, as a left forward, and you know that was that was his job. That you know in a, in a let's face it, a weaker league. So give him a bit of a chance. He's not gonna he's not gonna be on everybody's 
back the whole time, chasing every single ball, but give him a chance. I'm going to say this, though. Right now, he's, he's got the perfect manager in perfect spot. You said mm. before, Chris, Washington clearly does not rate Mateta, didn't rate him mm. when he had him the first time and not now. And, he's, and he sticks with players who he feels like, for, you know, Schlupp, for a perfect example. If he likes Edouard, which clearly seems like he does, he'll get 15, 20 straight starts, whether, even if he's scoring or not. So the excuse he'll have is that I didn't score. It won't be like Vieira, who I loved, who will put him in for five games, take him out, then fall out with him and not play him. There's absolutely no doubt in my mind that he will play this entire season if he's fit. If he doesn't score, mm-hmm. it'll be on him. It won't be on, you know, the manager. Exactly right. So, he's, yeah, you're right. He's going to get that opportunity no matter what happens. Even if we go out and buy another forward, he's probably going to keep his place whilst he's scoring goals. And I think, again, give Roy credit as well. Talking after the game, he talked about the fact that he wants play. He wants the players in the team to feel that competition for places. Obviously, I'm worried that he doesn't feel that there are competition. There is competition for some of those places because I think that there is. Um, that's where Roy and I have a difference of opinion. But um, but we, you know, we do need. We all know we need more bodies in the in the team to to really push others. And I think everybody at the club recognises one of those areas is left back. You know, Mitchell did pretty well today. Actually, you know, got caught uh, once early on with Bulldog overlapping. I was a bit worried about, and I saw Lerma got back and was a little cross with him as well. But you know, Mitchell... Was, the, was that where he made the amazing... It, he, he lost the ball and then he managed to sprint about 10 yards back and stop it. Was that, is that what you're yeah. talking about? Yeah, 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 that's the one. Yeah. yeah. So, he's, yeah, so, but, but we got a, we got all the players do need push, being, to be pushed for their place in the side. But we also need to make sure, and this just takes us on to our last point, really. We need to make sure as well that those players that are waiting in the wings, or not literally the wings, because we don't have any wingers, but those players that are waiting in the sidelines um, have, you know, minutes in their legs and, you know, get those opportunities, I think. And, and that's one area of concern. I'm not going to pick this game and say we made a mistake in this game, okay? I, you know, Basically, the the discussion point that we're talking about here, and we we chucked a you know tweet or two out on the topic as well, and got a variety of opinions, and I'll, I'll quote a few of those before we finish. Um, but we we used one sub in this game, and and that was because we were forced to make a sub because of Gay taking knock, uh, and James Tompkins came on uh, two minutes into injury time uh, for us to see out the game. So yeah, can we just what? How bad is that injury looking? I, I genuinely don't know. I've not seen any comment on it, Patrick. He he commented, it's a cramp, apparently. He's okay. It's just a cramp. Oh, okay, okay. just cramp. Okay. Yes. So that look, that's that's good news, right? The right thing to do. Um, but we made so we made the one change, okay? And and I thought, look, you know, you don't make changes just for the sake of it. We saw the game out, we won the match. Um, you know, and this was a whole thing with Roy in his time before that we got really frustrated about. Everyone had their running joke of which minute the sub would be, and it was always po- after 70 minutes. You'd have exciting young players on the bench, and then that's exactly where they'd stay for the whole game. And we had that comment, um, who was it who got, who got off the bench for seven minutes against Liverpool? And um, and Roy said he should have bought him a bottle of wine or something. And he had all of that stuff, right? He just signed for Croydon. What's his name again? He just signed for Croydon, funny enough. It'll come to me. Sorry about that. Yeah, yeah. That's fine. I can't believe I've forgotten either. Just shows I'm getting old. But anyway, so you kind of like, okay, but you don't make a sub just for the sake of it. Okay. And we haven't we haven't played badly. We've uh, we got better and better as the game went on. We won the three points. We could have scored more goals. All of those things are, are all very valid things. So the only thing you can really do is just take a look at up and down the league and, and start thinking about you know, let's compare ourselves first. So uh, at the time of this podcast um, being recorded, uh, we haven't seen the Sunday games or the Monday uh, game either. So it's just the Friday night and everyone who played Saturday. Um, So of the five available subs in the game, Burnley used five, Man City used five, Arsenal three, Forest five, Bournemouth five, West Ham three, Brighton five, Luton five, Everton 2, uh, our closest, uh, spoiler alert, our closest uh, compar- uh, comparison. Uh, Fulham 3, Sheffield United used all five. Palace just the one in the 92nd minute. Newcastle used all five and Villa used four. 
So look, in isolation, that's just a statistic telling you that everybody else used their squad more than we did. Uh, and there could be a variety of reasons that different changes were made in those games and could be a variety of reasons that they didn't change. So let's let's look at Everton, who only used two uh, as an example. So Everton, another team who haven't added an embarrassment of riches to their squad, would argue they're very much a little thin on the ground. So I think we can probably equate our situation to theirs and say this is not just about you know Roy's methods you know this is Roy feeling genuinely like what was on the pitch is his best team and his best way of winning that game against Sheffield United right so you can not agree with that as I'm sure some a, a fair few people do don't agree with his assessment but that's his assessment he has every right to make it but Patrick how much do you think it's a statement about what what he actually wants the club to do, which is give him some more players. Well, first is Brandon Pierrick is the player's name. Remember Thank Brandon you, Pierrick? Brandon Pierrick. Yeah. No um, is it half of one and six of one, half of the other? I don't know. I mean, I'm with you. I just feel that if you're going to talk about the the squad being thin, then you and then you don't historically make subs. What? Why would I, as an owner, give you more players? It's just a weird thing because. I'm with you. I just feel like, t- I, I know you can look at the fallacy of the predetermined outcome, you know, obviously if you won the game, why make subs? But making subs really does, you know, it boosts the squad. It helps people, it lets people like Ahamada or Raksaki or Gyro, let's say, you know, feel like they're part of the team. When you, don't, when you know you're not going to get into a match or Chris Richards who should have gotten a game today. It just seems to me strange. I'm not putting down the win. I'm very happy one. I think Roy did a great job today. I, but I just feel like today would have been a, is as good a day as any to to use some subs. I know we don't have a very, very deep squad, but we've got three or four players that deserve to get on the pitch today. If he doesn't want to send Raksaki out on loan, he needs to play the kid because why would you keep him for 38 matches and never play him? You know, it doesn't make any sense. So for me, we we, we do lack in the squad some extra players, but I don't see why today, for instance, maybe you could have subbed out Jeffrey Schlupp because he wasn't having a great match at some point. You could have maybe taken out Jordan Ayew. Maybe he was getting a little tired. He ran his socks off today. Maybe take out um, uh, Edward, who had a great match. Maybe take him out, put a, maybe Ayew up top, or maybe put Raksaki or Ahamad out wide play. I mean, he could have been a little creative. I get the fact we won the match, and I and I enjoy it, and I respect it. But I just think that if you're never going to use subs, and historically Roy just doesn't use subs, you can't really go to the board and say, I need more players, because it doesn't. It's a bit disingenuous. Yeah, and look, I also and, and I do also think the game... This is the game now, you know, in the Premier League. There's a reason it that is. It's we weren't, we it's weren't as you know, as a as a small smaller club, shall we say, you know, with with less resources than many in the Premier League, fewer resources. Sorry, correct myself. Than many in the Premier League, um, we obviously weren't massively excited about the the opportunity to use five subs like some of the clubs are, right? Because they've got embarrassingly big squads with 25 full internationals all wanting to play every week, right? Yeah. That's not yeah. us. So so I and I understand to some degree a little a little bit of reality needing to creep in. But everybody, I mean everybody, I just read it out. Everybody rotates their squad. Everybody gets minutes in the legs of players. Um and so I suppose I'm not worried about one game. I'm worried about what happens after 15 games. And um, so, look, uh, Mike, before I bring you in on this, I'm just going to give a quick smattering of, of some of the comments from from other people. Um, so, you know, there's, there's there's some negative ones in here. There's some um, some positive and there's some different takes. So I'll, I'll pick a few out. So Rickers61 said he feels that no youngster will get a get time with Roy. If Hughes, Luca or Macca had been on the bench, they would have come on late. Uh, Caroline too has said that uh, what might this mean later in the season with injuries and weariness, uh, presumably to the main squad. Uh, Alex White feels it is a statement to the board. Players on the bench aren't adequate to make us better, only worse. So he's demanding the checkbook. Uh, Andy agrees that it's a message to the board. Goddard's arrived. Um, good name. Uh, said, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's good management. So, you know, that's the, obviously the flip side of the take that a lot of people have had. Um, Warren B has said, it's almost as if the rest of the teams in the league have actually built a squad. Um, so Warren nailing his colours to the mast there. Uh, Dan <laughs> King has gone with standard Roy, although we no longer have any real op- options to come off the bench and change the game. So not a lot 
point bringing players on for the sake of it so there you go i mean you know pretty much echoing some of the things that we've said already chris windsor reckons it's a non-issue um and matt east reckons it's also interesting that tomkins was chosen ahead of richards as you said patrick um and Randy, quite understandably, he said, look, going off one match at the beginning of the season doesn't mean much besides fresh legs. The subs would have provided nothing much in this one. And I, and I do think that's a good one to end on from listener contributions because it is a valid point. We're talking yes, about this now, but but if next week we use five subs and the week after that we use five subs and everybody gets time, then we'll look back at this and say, OK, we, it was a non-issue. It's a non-starter. We needed a couple more bodies in the squad and, you know, and to beat Sheffield United, we did what we needed to do, of course. But, you know, if I am if I was going to bet on the topic, I would say we'll be revisiting this one. So last word on it, Mike, before we uh, draw things to a close. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, this, this isn't standard Roy. Standard Roy is to make changes on 75 minutes. So, I mean, oh, it yeah. might only be one or two. It, it, it probably wouldn't be five, but... Actually, this, this seemed to me not entirely standard, Roy. And I, I think he was shielding, you know, it, it was a tight game. We should have put a couple more away other than Fodringham being absolutely incredible. And I think a couple of things probably came to his mind, or I'm, I'm hoping came to his mind. The first off was, I don't want to subject players like Richards or especially Waxaki to come on, them get an equaliser, and us drop two points, and then it be their responsibility. Um, and secondly, yeah. as you say, it's the first game of the season. He's still trying to work out, you know, with a very, very limited squad, um, how he's going to play things. Everyone's fit. Everyone's got time in their legs. I know Gay. Okay, he's got cramp, like you just said. Uh, you know, the first game stuff. But um, it didn't look like we were going to concede. In which case, if we're not, if we don't know that we're going to concede, stick with it, get the three points, worry about it afterwards. Uh, you know, we've got we've got the League Cup against Plymouth coming up, where he's probably going to try out the people. I'm guessing. Um, I'm sure he will make more subs because he he very rarely did no subs. It's one or two at, 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 at the least on 75 minutes. Um, I just think today was all about three points, and I think he played it to perfection. Um, and I can't really fault him for what he did. Okay, well, look, we're going to have to leave that there. Um, We're going to talk a little bit about uh, the transfer situation. Obviously, we've touched on the fact that we've signed Jefferson Lerma and he had a very impressive debut. Uh, We've mentioned France a few times. If you want more on that, head to the YouTube channel. There's a variety of comments over the course of the last few weeks (laughs) on Matthias Franza that I'm sure you'll enjoy. Currently injured, of course. um, Of course, he says. (laughs) Of course, yeah. That's how we sign players, isn't it? Um, no, I'm mucking around. I, I'm very happy we signed him and um, hopefully he'll be available quite soon, um, despite the mixed reports on how long he might be out. <laughs> um, obviously, in terms of the major outs so far, it's Wilf, but we're all aware that Elise is being very strongly linked with a return to Chelsea uh, at the moment. Yeah. Um, that one looking like That's it's good. moving closer. We really hope it doesn't happen, but if it does, obviously the most important thing is to move to to find the next Elise as quickly as possible and to some degree accepting that we're Crystal Palace and at the moment this is what's going to happen right your best players do leave um until you and, and you have to be ready to to replace them so fingers crossed that nothing happens there and of course the supposedly that deal is being very much linked with our our desire to get Lewis Hall um into challenge at left back slash central midfield uh, where he can also play uh, by a variety of positions. But apparently that being held up because Chelsea want Elise. So we'll see how that all pans out. Um, but we'll stop right there. So thank you to uh, thank you to all of you for listening to the show or watching the show, depending if you're seeing these you know, videos and clips and things on, on the YouTubes, you know, with, uh, with all the stuff that DR puts on there with the... Yeah. Anyway, so um, but thanks to everybody who got in touch today as well. Um, anything that you, you kind of sent in that we didn't read out, you know, sorry, we didn't read it out, but we did read it and, uh, and it is worthwhile. So keep in contact. You can send emails to hi at back of the and you can message us on any of our social channels. We will try to get to everything that you uh, you send in. Um, I know there's a lot of unanswered comments sometimes on our socials. And I apologize for that, but we'll do better. Uh, we're going to put Patrick on all socials uh, and he's going to respond personally to all of you. Uh, preview team, uh, led by Nick, of course. 
uh, Nick and some other guy. Uh, it's uh, Chris Clark it? and me. Uh, Chris Clark and uh, yeah, Patrick O'Connor on everything. And me. Um, yeah. yeah. So anyway, they're back. Um, obviously in midweek. Um, uh, what, what are you looking ahead to, Patrick? In midweek. <laughs> Arsenal <laughs> Monday. That should be fun. Arsenal. Home yeah. though. At yeah, home for a home match. Which shirt? I will be there. I will actually literally be there. Can you believe it? That's great. <laughs> I could have been there with my season ticket, but I chose not to fly over yet. Yeah. So, but you're flying over soon, right? You're going to be with us soon. I will. At an will undetermined time and undetermined location. We will see. I've you. actually figured out I can go to under 21 international game during my time over. This is going to be the best mm. trip I've ever had. Uh- yeah, let's Europe. let's let's point out how great it is how many games at Sutton United's ground are going to happen. I'm excited. Yes. I am excited. Oh, yeah, I'll be at that I ground. I will be yeah. there. I will be there. I love Sutton United's ground. I'll be there okay, too. well, I'm going to have to make a, an effort to head over there as well. Come on, we got miles from reunion. Yeah. <sighs> Fine reunion it is. All right. Anyway, so um, preview <laughs> team will be here in midweek uh, to to look ahead to Monday's game against Arsenal. Uh, make sure you check out our YouTube channel. You've got D and everybody else on there bringing you all sorts of previews, player ratings, match reactions, comments on just about everything you can imagine. And it's a fun, fun place to be. You can even see Mike and me on there uh, in a video that DR has now hidden from view. However, we are on there. If you click on live, we're there. And he can't get rid of us. Well, yeah, you have to go on the socials to find the link because, yeah, that obviously, yeah, we we don't make the cut. We don't make the cut. What a rude young man! Yeah, I got to talk to him. Very rude. Very rude. Yeah. Well, he's gonna find out. You know. You know that the 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 old meme that's probably about a year old now about finding out. Um, I'm actually at games. (laughs) He's gonna find me. Anyway, on that listening note, uh, thank you for joining us, and until next time, come on, you (laughs) pals. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.